Welcome to the Rock of Bay County, Florida, where our vision is to be a multi-generational gathering, moving as one body to bring the glory of Yahweh to this beautiful county and to all the earth. We hope you are encouraged and blessed as you listen to this message. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for this day today. Oh, we breathe in and we breathe out. We thank you for the stillness. We thank you for the silence. We thank you for the still, small voice. Hallelujah. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things on earth will grow strangely dim. In the light of his glory and grace. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things on earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace and the things on earth will grow strangely dim And the politics will grow so strangely dim. And the opinions of others will grow strangely dim. And the voice of the accuser will grow strangely dim. And the Republican and the Democrat will grow strangely dim. (laughs) Where you don't even know what has happened. Turn your eyes on Jesus and everything else grows dim the things that really matter come to light. The predestined state of who you're called to be comes to light. The before I formed you in the womb comes to light because everything else has grown strangely dim. Oh, thank you, Lord. Bless the Lord. It's an honor to be here today at The Rock. It's always a privilege and 
a joy to speak and to let out the river in me and to let it flow and meet your river. Amen. And I'm excited to allow these streams that are coming together in one house to come together as a mighty rushing river. That's how the streams create a river. They, they, they're streams. They're plural. It's more than one stream. They're streams. And they come together and they produce a river that flows out of not only us as individuals, but out of us as a corporate house. Amen, Ben. It's a good word. Oh, hallelujah. Strangely dim. As big as the events were this week, and you're probably not shocked by this, but I had no idea. I really didn't. I had to be told that the next day, what was going on. It's not that I don't watch the news. I'm just so busy with the good news. It's really hard to get into the news when I've got the good news. How lovely on the mountain are the feet of him who brings good news. (laughs) My eye has been steady, so my feet are ready to bring in the good news. No matter what is happening on my left or my right, in my peripheral, my vision is central. My vision is focused. My vision is clear. I'm seeing it out of the eyes of Jesus. I'm seeing it out of the eyes of Yeshua. Because I've allowed my affection to be turned in his direction. No matter what is happening on the outside. Is it important? Yes. But it's not the primary. It's not the focal. It's not the reason that I've been placed here. It's not to identify with the government of the earth. It's to identify with the government of heaven. As much as the president is important, he doesn't preside over me as an individual. Henry brought this forth earlier. The president is important. I pray for him. We should all pray for our governors, mayors, presidents, people in authority. We should pray for them as Christians, as believers, as sons of God. Yes, but that's not your primary. That cannot be your focal point in order for you to be transformed into who you've always been destined to be, which is before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I was intimately acquainted with you. Before you had a body, a suit, I knew you. Before your mother and daddy procreated you, I created you. I formed you in the secret place. Fearfully and wonderfully made are you. You got to capture that. If you don't capture that, you won't see that. And if you don't see that, you'll never seize that. Which means take a hold of it. Own it. Either all in or all out. Either one foot in 
Most people have one foot in and one foot out. Either two feet in or nothing at all. And I, I really believe a lot of us have one foot right now. I know this is how I look, visualize it for me. I've got one foot and he's taking the other and doing it himself. The steps of a righteous man are ordered. And my granddaddy used to say the steps of one who will be righteous. Because he sees farther than you do. So he goes and does it for you sometimes, I believe. When you're so close to him, he goes ahead and just does it kind of for you. He goes, you know what? My son's got one foot in and he's kind of allowing the waves and the winds to knock him a little bit. So I'm going to go over here and I know where his heart is. Because the man looks at the outward appearance. And Yahweh looks on the inside. So he sees you before you began. So that means he knows the finish line before you get there. That means your body suit when it's finished. He sees it before that, before you get there. So he takes your other leg and he goes, I just feel him taking that other leg and putting you in. Putting two feet in to the conforming of who you're called to be. He foreknew that you would be predestined to be conformed into his image. My eye is ready, so my eye is steady, so my feet now are ready to bring in the good news of God. So I'm so caught up in the good news, it's hard for me to even look at the news. I, I'm, I actually like watching the news. I kind of enjoy seeing what's going on with, with things in the world. But that's never taken primary, that's never taken first place in my life. If it, if it does, then it will, it will influence you. And I don't want that to be my influencer. I want that to be something I can look at from heaven's view and get wisdom on how to view that, on how to take that, on how to deal with that. Because I come from a world that's not of this physical realm. And in order to see the physical realm rightly, I have to posture myself in a place called before I formed you in the womb. What Mark has been talking about for quite a while. The last, last week was, what a great message. What an incredible word from a young 33-year-old man. I mean, God is doing some good things in young people. He's not waiting on you for six, he's not waiting on you to turn 60 to give you this great rev. See, it's not about the revelation, really. It's about intimacy. And as Mark says, if revelation doesn't lead you back to intimacy and puffs you up, stop. It's not meant to puff you up. The knowledge is, meant, is not meant to puff you up. It's meant to take you back in to intimacy again for another greater level of revelation. So if the revelation doesn't return back to the intimacy then it's not revelation. I'm basically going to quote Mark this whole day today. So I'm learning how to unpack the word, as Ellen says. I think it's so important that we do that. I don't think I can ever say that enough of this house and this word and this transition that we're in right now as a body, as a house. Even going from building to building, I, I see a transition in it. I see a shifting in it. I see a turning in it. And I hear the Father saying, I am sifting in the shifting. And I'm allowing those last little bit of under, underlining things in your life, those hairline fractures, those small things that, that maybe you're not even aware of, that the Father is sifting out of us. 
He's removing out of us as he takes our other leg and puts it into that place of two feet in, all into this place called before I formed you in the womb, I knew you and helping us relate back to that day so I can see it from a heavenly perspective and I can have clarity and wisdom in the time of dysfunction. I can be the functioning one and can know how to operate in this time in this world that we live in. I'm in it, I'm not of it, but I have been sent to it to be the conduit between heaven and earth, to be a portal for him to flow through in this day. Amen? Amen. Amen. So I had, it's funny how the Lord works. He's, he's good. He's funny. He's got a real good sense of humor. Um, that's why laughter is vitally important. I got a lot of drinks up here. I'm going to put that down there. This over here, get situated here. Um, I didn't give the sound man the scriptures today, but that's all right. If you didn't bring your Bibles, sorry. <laughs> um, Romans 12, 1 and 2, we're going to read that. I'm, I'm going to rehearse some things that Mark said last week. Um, but as I'm getting ready to kind of land the, you know, land the plane as I prepare for what I'm going to speak. I always prepare and, and, and set things in my own mind, what I'm going to say and speak and all that. And I'm growing a lot in that. And I love it. I love being able to be adventurous and to be a child in wonder. That's where I operate really well from is the childlike wonder world of the Lord. Because I read in a verse somewhere in the New Testament where Jesus says, unless you are converted and become like a little child, you can't even get into the kingdom. So the entryway into the kingdom is through childlike wonder. You'll never get your wisdom that you think you need unless you get your wonder that you really need. Wisdom begins in wonder. I need the head of an adult and the heart of a child, the Lord's saying. And if I can get that, I can work with you. I need someone who sees wisdom and wonder. I need someone who sees life through the heart of a child and through the head of an adult. And if I'm converted into that child, I can live in wonder and I can see wisdom so I can bring it in with my feet and actually applicate the revelate application to the revelation of what I'm called to bring, what I'm called to do, who I'm called to be, what I'm called to bring. I'll never bring it until I know who I am. And that's what this thing is right now. We're learning what it is to, I love that one of the verses today, bathe in your presence, something like that. Bathe in your glory, bathe in your life. What is that? What does that mean? You ever just read something in the Bible and go, huh? (laughs) Question marks for days. Love questions. You're going to need, you're going to get more questions today. Matter of fact, you ain't getting no answers today. You're getting a lot more questions and you're going to leave out of here different than you came in, but you're going to have more questions than you did when you came in. So that means you said okay to the thing called the kingdom, which is this beautiful mystery. Does anybody get it? I don't. But as long as I know where I come from, what Mark has been talking about before I formed you, 
And life doesn't begin at conception. It begins at creation. I can be okay with the childlike wonder. And I can be okay with the wisdom and know how to bring banks to the mighty river that flows through our country and our world. It's the river and it's the banks. It's the banks and it's the river. It's the river that's the spirit. It's the banks that is the wisdom of the Lord to know how to bring that in. Bring a heavenly dimension into a heavenly people, to a heavenly earth that is groaning for the need that they need. And you meet the need that the earth is groaning for. Meet the need by becoming who you have been predestined to be. Not a human being necessarily, but a spirit being having a human being experience. And knowing that this experience will actually change the earth. It will actually change the world I live in. Let's be aware of that, that we are change agents. I'm not an imitator, I'm an image bearer. And the only way I become that It's through the awareness of what real truth really is. And that's what Mark's been hitting on, hammering. I I like to say wisdom is like a hammer, but soft. It just keeps hammering at the nail, just little by little bit. Next Sunday, a little more hammering. The next Sunday, a little bit more hammering. Hopefully in your Mondays, a little bit more hammering. On your Tuesdays at 2 o'clock when no one's watching, a little bit more hammering. On Wednesdays, a little bit more hammering. On Thursday, a little bit more. Wisdom is like a hammer, but soft. That's a good word. I don't even know what all that means, but that's a good word. I like that. It's like a hammer, but soft. It's wisdom. It must be good if it's the one thing Solomon asked for. You ever read Proverbs and just get overwhelmed by it? I mean, I just love it. It's a thinking man. He thinks like an adult because I got a feeling Solomon had the heart of a child. He had the heart to discover He had the heart for like any business out there who has a research and development team. That means take some risk before you get into the manufacturing phase of actually putting it in play where zero defect from a research and development phase of childlike wonder discovering what this journey is all about to a manufacturing wisdom with zero defect. To bring that presence, to bring that assurance of his presence into the reality of what it is to take the land, to rule and reign, to name the animals. Yahweh brings the animals to Adam and he says, I want you to name them. That's an example of wisdom. That's an example of ruling and reigning in the earth. He's teaching me what it is to bring his presence, to bring his wisdom, to bring the truth. The truth of what is this thing all about? What have I been predestined to be? What, have I, what am I being reformed into? There's a reformation taking place within our tribe and ultimately the entire body of Christ. 
that will bring about a total reformation to our nation and the globe. And this reformation begins in our thinking. Solomon writes in Proverbs, as a man thinketh, so is he. As a man thinketh, so is he. He's working on our thinking. And as the clay is, I'm responsible to give my clay to the potter on a day-to-day basis, he can form me back to that original place of thinking, that original place of identity in him where I can see the world in the way I'm supposed to see it and have the ability to actually bring the kingdom of heaven into the world that we live. Y'all good? Okay. <clears throat> so I encourage you like Ellen over these, really the, all the messages that we hear here, but be intentional with rehearsing it. You'll never get it in one moment. You'll never get it in one place. Meditation is chewing it. It's like a, a cow, you know, it's not a great analogy, but it's, it works for this. It's chewing it, throwing it up, and chewing it up again. That's what granddaddy used to talk about. So I get that from him. You're welcome. <clears throat> so just rehearse, meditate on the word, what the Lord is saying. I've, I've listened to Sunday probably three or four or five times this week. And... Yes, I do have time to do that here, which I'm very grateful for. I'm grateful for my job. I'm grateful for this place. I'm grateful I get to be here. I'm grateful that I, I'm just thankful. I'm very thankful for everything I have. I'm very cognizant and aware of it. And I hope you are with where you're at. And as Mark said last week, do not despise the day of small beginnings. It may be small, but it's a beginning. It's a place of working from. And as I let him continually put his hands on me, I just, I, you know, I had that in my spirit weeks ago, a song of the Lord about put your hands on me. I just liked the way it sounded. Put your hands on me, Lord. Just put your hands on me. I don't want to do this my way. If I do it my way, I'm going to try to compare myself with like the men were like, that's, that's how Jesus had to get the child out and tell them what the kingdom was about. They were in such a place of comparison. They were in such a place of competition. They were in such a place of, well, who's got the better word and who can sing it the best and who can play the part the best and who can do the job the best and who's the best? I love putting myself in that, in, in verses, like what, how I would see it. I can just see Yeshua looking at him and just kind of chuckling, laughing a little bit. Like, that's not how you're going to bring it in. <laughs> By trying to compare yourself and make yourself be somebody that you're not or trying to up your game because this person's got a little better game than you got. You're trying to up your ante when the Lord's like, no, I don't need you to up anything. I need you to get low. I don't need you to up the ante. I need you to get low. I say this probably every time I preach, but I love it. When Yeshua, knowing who he was, the fullness of the Godhead bodily, he got low. He girded himself and he washed feet. When you know who you are, you don't have to shout so much. You don't have to let your voice be heard as loud as you think you need to be heard. You just get low. 
And your humility will bring the kingdom of God in. That's how the kingdom comes in. Not comparison and contrasting and up in the ante, but humility as a child. Complete and utter dependence on Papa. That's how the kingdom is brought. And as Papa identifies his children, he gives them this thing that we don't ever need to lose. And we seem to lose it as we grow older. This thing called wonder. Bright-eyed and mystified, may we be just like a child staring at the king. Bright-eyed, mystified, may we be just like a child staring at the king. May we never lose our wonder. Don't let it just be a great-sounding song. Let it be a life led by the Spirit. Let it be a life led. Let wonder go before you. Let Yeshua go before you. I've heard people say this a lot. Um, I've said it to other people who I feel it. And I've heard people say this about me. It's like, before you walk in, Ben, I feel you. I know you're walking in before you even come in. They ought to say that about people like you guys. I, when it's before stone walked in, I felt the presence of Jesus before he walked in. Yeshua is going before us. And we need to have such a tangible, intimate relationship with him that before we even walk in, they feel our presence. Before we even walk in, they know, oh, Ben's coming, Jonathan's coming, Jeremy's coming. There's a, there's a, there's a feeling, there's a, a wow, a wonder of, oh, something's coming, something's coming, something's coming. It's here and it's coming. So he's bringing a reformation in the way we think, and I believe... That thinking is so vitally important that we see that. Because as a man thinketh, so is he. We're learning, for, we're learning how to think the way he does. To see it the way he sees it. And I really, truly, and honestly believe that this has happened in such a greater level than it ever has before comparatively to the Reformation of Martin Luther in 1517 that Mark talked about last week of write it down. I really believe it. I believe there's such a surge in my interior world in such a way that I'm beginning to start, I'm beginning to start seeing it on the outside of my life. It's beginning to come real to me on the outside. And I, I really truly believe that he's doing this Reformation in this time of, of rest. Hebrews talks about the rest. There remaineth therefore a rest for the people of God. I believe he has is, he is fully given us that rest. His seventh day rest. And I believe it's no coincidence that it took a whole epidemic. First the natural, then the spiritual. I don't think he brought it, but I'm not looking away from it. And I'm seeing what he's seeing in it. And I'm allowing myself to go, oh, okay, that makes sense. See, you need to trust the way you think. You need, you need to not second guess the way you think about things. Because if he's transforming the way you think, then you think right. You're not there yet, but you got to trust the way you see it in your head. Don't let your head go before your heart. But as long as your heart is postured in wonder, your mind will always be being reconstructed by his hand. The child stays close to daddy. So childlike wonder stays close to the papa who can bring wisdom and the thinking. 
and knowing how to see a situation like the epidemic, like the COVID or like the political war or whatever that's going on. Gives us wisdom and clarity on how to see it and how to operate in it, how to look at it, how to talk about it. And I think, I know in this time has been a time of that. We're in this time of rest. He is conforming us as we give ourselves over to him on a day-to-day intimate relationship basis. As I've said many times, this thing does not come by casually. It's not something you can just pick up. It's something you have to go through. It's a building. It's a journey. It's a discovering. And out of that comes this place where you wake up one day and you think differently simply because you've been in the presence of Jesus. You've been in the presence of Yeshua, Hamashiach, the one who has identified you before time began and is reconforming you back to that original state of mind. Because as a man thinketh, so is he. And I, I just sense that in this time of rest, in this time of allowing us to see the busyness, as one of my favorite preachers says, as artificial significance, we're, not, we're seeing it as that now. And we're going, I want to be busy about the Lord's business and not about my own business. And if I'm working out of wonder, I'll see the kingdom business and not my own way of doing my business. I even think he's given business owners in this room a different, different lens on how they see their business. He's, bringing, he's taking away their construct and he's bringing his construct. He's bringing his mindset to it through you. As you give yourself to him in secret, he's beginning to give you strategies and ideas on how to approach your business. Because out of wonder, I can correctly be a good businessman. I can do business well. Because as Yeshua says, when he's 12 years old, one of my favorite stories, and his parents take him and they leave him and they forgot they left Jesus, which is just funny to me in general. They forgot they left the 12-year-old son of God. To me, it's funny, but it's, it's, there's such a clever revelation in it. And I believe it is First, that he's 12 years old. He's a child. He sees it differently. And then he's not only a child who works out of this wonder, but he's a businessman who knows how to bring wisdom, who knows how to bring the ruling and reigning authority to the earth, which is what he says at the very end of that chapter. He says, his mom and dad come back and go, where have you been? And he goes, why have you been looking for me? Did you not know I'm about my father's business? From a place of 12-year-old childlike wonder, he can see what he's supposed to apprehend in the moment. The business, the wisdom, the application of what it is to bring heaven into earth. His mindset was different. His thinking was different. And he's changing the way we think so we can be those people. As a man thinketh, so is he. 
And this place of quarantine, this place of the 2020, this place of rest, I believe he has come in as we give ourselves, our heart, over to him. He is putting his hands on our head. He is putting his, the potter, he's putting the potter's hands to the clay. He's putting his creator hands to the created. He's putting his designer hands on the design and he's shaping the way we think. And as, we're, as our thought processes change, we're slowly being conformed back to that original place with him. In this body now, in this place now. Not waiting on anything, but letting him change us in the moment. Letting him change us and letting him put his hands on us where we are continually being changed and reformed back to the predestined original state of who we are. And in that place of rest, we get a lot of questions. We get the necessary questions to ask. The ones that actually matter. The real truth of the matter. The ones who seek after this thing, they find it. They call that their reality and they work from that. What is truth? Not what is your true statement, but what is your truth life? What is the truth in you? And as you, as you rest in him in this place of secret, in this place of hidden, he begins to shift ideals and preconceived ideas that you've had and he shapes it and he changes it into the image that he has designed it to be. And I must partner with my maker to fulfill my assignment. And I believe in this moment of rest, we've gotten the right questions. We've gotten the the questions that really matter. Like for instance, who is God? Who is man? Why am I here? It's a couple good questions to ask. I mean, if we're going to ask them, let's just ask the big ones. Like, who are you, Yahweh? Who am I? And why am I here? And in that place of rest, he's giving us answers. He's giving us a new lens to see from. He's giving us a childlike wonder to see out of, to see and apprehend wisdom, to actually bring that construct, that wisdom into the earth. So we can not only be the Jacob who dreams, but we can be the Adam who names the animals. We can be the one who actually tangibly brings heaven to earth and identify things in the earth to rule and reign, to take the territory, to take the land one step at a time. And, and he does it usually in that place of rest. I always like to say you can only bless what you rest in. And I believe now is there's such an uncommon sense of rest that I have in my life. I'm enjoying and living out of this Beautiful shalom is another word I like to use. This completion, this wholeness, this place of seeing it rightly, seeing it correctly. This reformation begins in our thinking. As a man thinketh, so is he. Put your hands on me, potter. Put your hands on me, designer. Put your hands on me, artist of all artists. Put your hands on my head. Reshape my thinking back, not to my procreation day, but my foreknowing day. 
back to the predestined day. Help me remember the time. Help me remember the time that was before time. And as I continue to ponder that and reflect on that, my, my thinking is being shaped. My thinking is being conformed back to that original place of me and him and him and me and heaven and earth and the earth and heaven and what it is to really usher in the heavens into the earth, to usher in his kingdom, his king's domain into the earth. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. He's given us rest to shift the way we think one tick at a time. As Mark said last week, if he asks you to do a little bit of maybe a dance that you're not comfortable with, that's conforming. If he's asking you to go to somebody that you don't like necessarily and go be kind to them and take them something that you normally wouldn't take them, groceries or money or whatever, he's reforming you. If, if he's asking you to shout when you don't like to shout, he's probably reforming you. If you give your yes over to him, he can shape you in the way he wants to shape you. He can take that other leg and put it in the place where you have won. And he can seat you and position you and plant you in that place called of heaven, of Yahweh, of Abba, of Jesus, of Yeshua, of the Father and the Son and the Spirit. And if I'm of it, I know what I'm in. I know how I can effectively be in. I know I can effectively work in that place called earth. There remaineth therefore a rest to shift the way we think. As we give ourselves over to him in this rest, what happens in rest is this thing I love to call absorption. And I believe when we get that in that place of absorption, of just soaking in the presence, conforming is a great byproduct of absorption. You don't have to really try to conform it. You let him do the work. Your role is to just submit yourself, surrender yourself in that place of rest for him to shape you and mold you in the predestined state that you've been called to be, which is simply to express the full image of image of Christ, to express the full image of the one that you're of. Absorption happens when you rest and conforming is a byproduct of absorption. Romans 12, verse 2. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. See, the longer you stay in rest, the longer you stay in that place of presence, the less likely you will be to imitate. The less likely you will be to try to be someone you're not. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. But be inwardly transformed. Tick by tick. Little by little. Through a total reformation of how you think. As a man thinketh, so is he. He's shifting the way we see things. 
He's shifting our thinking. He's bringing a complete reformation to our thinking. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. There's a great story that I've heard, and I I think it kind of goes with with this. I think maybe you'll get it. Hopefully you do. And you get that out. The story is, is there's, basically there's these brothers who um, are fighting, wrestling with each other, and they get kind of rowdy with one another, and one of them has a watch, and the watch falls off, and they can't find the watch. And they're teenagers, and they don't really care at the moment, but they're just, you know, they're just kind of wrestling and fighting. They can't find their watch. Well, they tear the whole room apart, and they can't find it. This is an example of shifting the way we think, shifting our mindsets, shifting our our thinking, the way we think. And they can't find it, and they come out of that room, and they tell their younger brother that they... um, Basically, that if you find the watch, let me have it because we don't know where it is. We can't find it. So the younger brother hears the, the older brothers say that, and he tries. He, he thinks he can find it. So he goes and gives it a shot. And you think it would be somewhere around where they were playing, but evidently it wasn't because they couldn't find the watch. So the younger, the younger brother goes into the room, and the first thing he does is shuts the door. Which I love this because it's, it's just another tick on the way of thinking. How you used to do it, he's shifting it. How he used to go looking for things, he's shifting it. So the younger brother goes in, he shuts the door, and he lays on the floor. And he listens for the tick. He listens for the tick. He hears it. He sees where it's coming from. He goes it, looks behind wherever it is, picks it up, and has the watch. Walks out, gives his brothers the watch. I believe that's what the Lord's doing in us right now. The way we have gone into some things in the past, he's asking us to lay it down. He's asking us how we look at things, the way we have seen things, the way we have thought about things. What if I'm giving you a new way of looking at it, a clever way of doing it, a way where you can find what you're looking for? And I believe he's doing that in this house in a really powerful way where he's, as we give ourselves, we give our heart to him in wonder. We give our heart to him as a child. He is putting his hands on his people and he is shaping our mindsets, our, the way we think. And he's giving us the ability to think with wisdom and to think with clarity and to think with the head of an adult that knows exactly what He's looking for and goes for it and finds it. And I'm convinced in this day, as I'm being more convinced of who I am, that I'm, I'm, sh- I'm being shaped and formed back to that original place. And I'm alive to it. I'm just giving myself fully to it. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And letting him shape it. And I encourage us all today to just simply let him continue to shape our thinking so our We have that resolve in our eyes. We have that contentment in our spirit. We're not moved by the winds and the waves, but we take a moment of 
exhale, breathe in and breathe out. We go in, we shut the door, we lay on the floor and we listen for a new thing. We listen for a new way that he might want to do in this day. And even now, I pray that that will happen in our minds. That the Father, as you allow, we allow the potter's hands to be put on the clay. We allow the creator to put his hands on what he created. And he knows what's best for us. He knows how to operate that thing better than we do. And Father, even now, I just ask you to do that for us right now. To just continue to put your hands on our head and shape our mind. Shape our thinking back to that original state of before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. That predestined state of who we've been called to be. And work solely from that place. Solely from that place. Where you're so caught up in him that you're even unaware of things going on in your own world because you just know what world you come from. You know what world you're of. Hallelujah. As a man thinketh, so is he. Lord, change our thinking. Continually change our thinking. So we'll stop imitating other ideals and other opinions of culture and we'll start being who we're called to be out of that place called shalom, out of that place called wholeness, out of that place called before I formed you in the womb. Take us, Father, to that place. Hallelujah. Amen. Yahweh, we thank you. You can stand. We thank you for this day. We honor you in it. We ask you, Father, to continually shape us and mold us back to that predestined state. We don't want to just do it our way. We want you to have your way and that to be the only way. And you are truly the life, the truth, and the way. We love you today, Father. We give ourselves over to you continually, day by day, as you shape and form us back to that predestined state of knowing you, of being in the fields with you as a child, full of wonder, full of excitement, full of discovery, full of imagination full of creativity to see the things that we've used that we've done well and even to see the the actions that we would take before as you're shaping that and you're putting a new definition on even how we act and how we do things and how we think about things and how we process things father change it father do it in us and let us return back to you what you're looking for a true worshipper a true heart of worship that is focused on you with our heart and our head, with our head and with our heart, with the wonder of a child, with the wisdom of an adult. We thank you for that day and we thank you for this day and we thank you for this time together and we honor your presence in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Amen, guys. Love you guys. Bless you. Thank you for listening. For more information on The Rock of Bay County, please go to therockofbc.org.